This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Biggest story in the country, and it's just you and me. The corruption, the deception, the game playing from the FBI. Yep, they got Joe Biden elected, but they destroyed themselves in the process. I do believe. And now FBI, I don't think so. How about DNC, as in Democrat National Committee? Now, we all grew up, probably had an instinctive appreciation and admiration for the FBI because we learned in school they were the good guys. I actually thought about joining the FBI right around the time I was supposed to get out of the Marine Corps. But something told me, no, this is not the place for you. And now, oh boy, what a good decision I made. That laptop, oh, this is just one of their dirty tricks. How they concealed it, how they lied about it, how they played all these games, and what they did to Rudy Giuliani. Do you know Rudy Giuliani was spied on by the FBI? Now, the New York Times is never going to tell us this, all right? But we got it. We've been able to Connect the dots, and uh, based on what Rudy Giuliani has said and what the New York Post is reporting, the FBI was spying on Trump's then-lawyer, Rudy Giuliani's online cloud under the pretext of an investigation into alleged foreign agent registration violations, a probe which was conveniently dropped this year. What was on Rudy Giuliani's online cloud? He was talking about the laptop. He had it. It was sent to him. More on that in a little bit. This really shouldn't surprise anybody, though, about the FBI. Let's take a look. Uh, those good feelings we have, it's really based on movies and TV shows. I mean, look at some of these directors. J. Edgar Hoover. I mean, right? Him? But these more recent characters. Let's start with Robert Mueller. Robert Mueller, and this has been airbrushed away history, was an incompetent director of the FBI. He could not install a computer system that they desperately needed. Totally screwed the whole thing up. A multi-billion dollar debacle. And, of course, he knew that there was no collusion between Trump and Russia. But he kept that probe going and going and going. And also, on his watch, you know what they did? They harassed Dr. Stephen Hatfield. Remember this story? The alleged anthrax mailer, an innocent man hounded by the FBI. And Stephen Hatfield said the FBI would do anything to make themselves look good. An innocent man. What else? More recently, Jim Comey. Jim Comey was a total egomaniac, I guess remains so today. Remember that press conference in the middle of 2016? He came out and decided, I'm calling the shots here. We're not charging Hillary Clinton. The FBI doesn't charge or not charge anybody. They investigate stuff. That's up to the Department of Justice. This guy is crazy. He also said, by the way, Trump's election nauseated him. He said that publicly in, a, in an open hearing. Bad guy and Chris Ray, no better. Christopher Ray gets there with all kinds of fanfare. And like all these other FBI directors, when they're confirmed and they desperately want the job, they'll say anything to get it. Oh, we'll be sure, cooperative. Yeah, call me anytime. Oh, absolutely. I'm at your service. 
The Bureau has never grown complacent and continues to work tirelessly every day to protect all Americans. I think the role of this committee is special with respect to the FBI, and I would do everything I could to ensure that we're being appropriately responsive and prompt uh, in dealing with, with all the members of the Senate, but obviously especially this committee. I would uh, do everything in my power to try to ensure that the FBI is being not just as responsive as possible, but as prompt as possible in responding to appropriate oversight requests, absolutely. My experience in trying to find solutions is that it's more productive for people to work together than to be pointing fingers blaming each other. Uh, and that's the approach I've tried to take to almost every problem I've tackled. And that's the approach I would want to take here in working with this committee. Well, that's beautiful, but that's the kind of junk you say in a job interview. He wasn't the FBI director yet, and he needed Senate confirmation. He gets the job, he's drunk with power, and when he testifies, he cuts things short because he's got to go on vacation. I can't believe this actually happened. He ought to be, he ought to lose his job over this. Take a look. Is there any reason we couldn't uh, accommodate them for 21 minutes or whatever Democrats want second rounds to? It, Senator, I, I uh, had had a flight that I'm supposed to be hightailing it to out of here, um, and I had understood that we were going to be done at 1.30, so that was, that's how we ended up where we are. Wow. What about I'm at your beck and call? Anytime. we got to work together. He was leaving for vacation on an FBI plane, but he deceived the members. He did it to Chuck Grassley, who cut him a lot of slack. Take a look. You got other business? It was a vacation in the Adirondack Mountains in upstate New York. He was lying to Senator Grassley. That's not business. That's not business. And most egregiously, I think, he couldn't be straight with the American people about January 6th. So do you remember the scene, the surveillance footage um, that we've seen by now? Uh, protesters, rioters, whatever you want to call them coming in. Well, do you know that there's a real chance that FBI agents or FBI informants were already in the Capitol dressed as Trump supporters? We can't get a straight answer out of... Uh, the FBI director. This should be a pretty easy one to answer, don't you think? Did the FBI have confidential human sources embedded within the January 6th protesters on January 6th of 2021? Well, Congressman, as I'm sure you can appreciate, I have to be very careful about what I can say about when. Even now, because that's what you told us two years ago. May I finish? about when we do and do not and where we have and have not used confidential human sources. Uh, but to the extent that there's a suggestion, for example, that the FBI's confidential human sources or FBI employees in some way instigated or orchestrated January 6th, that's categorically false. Did you have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol on January the 6th prior to the doors being opened? Again, I had to be very careful. It should be I a can- no. Can you not tell the American people, no, we did not have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol? Gentlemen's time has expired. You should not read anything into my decision uh, not to share information. Director Ray, gentlemen's time has expired. 
I'm reading information into that. Yes, that there were confidential sources dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol. Look at these guys. Look at these directors. Now, honestly, how many FBI agents do you know? Rank and file FBI agents. These guys, the reputation of that bureau is established by them because most people don't come into contact with the FBI. And as far as junior officers, we have not been impressed lately, have we? There's Andrew McCabe, deputy director. I, I <laughs> Bad guy all around, of course. Peter Strzok, who hates the smell, the smell of Trump supporters. All right. So these guys schemed against Donald Trump, certainly in 2016. You remember Russia, 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 right? It was Russia that got Hillary Clinton elected. They couldn't stomach that Donald Trump beat her fair and square. And they leaked and they lied and they deceived and they wasted our time and money. Breaking news in the Russia investigation dominates the program tonight and reaches directly into the president's inner circle. We are covering the breaking news that Bob Mueller, the special counsel investigating ties between Donald Trump's campaign and Russia. We've got breaking news on MSNBC, the first indictment in the Robert Mueller investigation. We have breaking news about special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation into possible Russian meddling in the 2016 election. Let's begin with the breaking news on the Russia investigation. Much more on our breaking news of federal grand approving the first charges in the Mueller investigation. That's pretty sick, all that stuff. And it's all untrue. There was no collusion. There was no conspiracy. Robert Mueller had to put it in the fine print of his Mueller investigation. Uh, the investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. Ooh, but what about those election interference activities? How dare they interfere with our election? They spent a few thousand dollars. It happens all the time. In fact, America does it. America, we mess with other countries' elections. We do. Take a look at this. Uh, the United States has a long history of attempting to influence presidential elections in other countries. It's done so as many as 81 times between 1946 and 2000, according to a database amassed by political scientist Dove Levin at Carnegie Mellon University. All right. It's done. Normally, it's not decisive. It's more gentle harassment. And I want to show you some numbers. What Russia did in 2016 with about $100,000, they put out some content. They magnified other, con uh, other people's content as well. They created some themselves, and they also used others. You know, they retweeted stuff that they thought would divide us or whatever. Look at those numbers. Do they seem impressive? They're not. All right? 1.4 million on Twitter. 126 million on Facebook. Now, oh boy, wait a second. That's that just means how many people saw all of their posts. Those are very small numbers. Now, Bob Mueller is not familiar with the internet. They may have seen significant to him. Uh, I want to show you something. This is a goofy tweet I put out there, mostly uh, fictional, but some truth in this. I, I went to McDonald's and I had a bad experience, and I complained that there was no McFish on the menu. It was kind of jokey, but there was a point. So this thing went viral, all right? Now let me show you the metrics of this uh, joke tweet of mine. Six million people thought I saw it, all right? That's just some morning, uh, 2021, I was bored, I lobbed the tweet out there. Six million, that's more than Russia was able to garner in 2016 on Twitter. These are very small numbers and they've been misleading us, misleading us. Now, to the important stuff of 2020, and what happened in the run-up. John Isaac, 
He owned that computer store in Delaware. And Hunter Biden shows up drunk one night and says, repair this uh, laptop. And he never shows up to collect it, never pays his bill. Legally, it becomes the possession. It becomes his property. Says it right on the receipt if you don't show up. Um, he knew it was Hunter's. He saw some things in it that disturbed him. He turns it over to the FBI. And he never hears anything else, okay? They made one creepy phone call about uh, how do we access this thing? And they advised him to keep his mouth shut, and he never heard about it again. He felt like it was being brushed under the rug, which it was. He waited some more time. He had another copy, and he legally gave it to Rudy Giuliani. And this is how we believe that Rudy Giuliani was... Um, well, being monitored and spied upon, all right, because it seemed like the FBI was always a step or two ahead of him when it came to the Hunter Biden laptop, when it came to publicizing the Hunter Biden laptop. And this is America. It's legal to have an October surprise. And if your opponent's son is dumb enough to take all those pictures and talk in detail about all the business arrangements he has with his father, that is a legitimate political issue. All right. Now, remember all that furor over Russia, all that hysteria, all based on a, a great big hoax, by the way. Um, everybody remembers that. It left a deep impression. The FBI remembered it. And I believe that they used it as a pretext every step of the way, in part to monitor, yes, Rudy Giuliani. They found out about that laptop based on a very secret warrant that was issued all the way back perhaps as early as 2018, 2018, 2019. They know Rudy has the laptop. They know he's trying to basically have a reporter write about it. They're following it every step of the way so they get to work pre-debunking it. And they're perfectly positioned to do that because they're working hand in hand with big tech. With certain uh, social media companies and uh, platforms, we are providing them with classified briefings on the specific threat actors that may be on their platforms. We're also sharing uh, indicators of compromise, TTPs, you know, tools, tactics, and, and processes that mm -hmm. can help them safeguard their platforms. So that's Special Agent Elvis Chan. Did you hear that? They're giving classified briefings to big tech. Do the big tech guys have uh, classified? Are they, are they allowed to hear classified information? I have a feeling that big tech and FBI, they were very much on the same page about Joe Biden, about Donald Trump. Uh, Elvis Chan testified very recently in a deposition. Uh, did the FBI tell the social media companies that there would be a specific risk of a hack and leak operation shortly before the election in 2020? I believe that we did mention that as a possibility shortly before the election, perhaps in the August or October time frame. So you mentioned that there you mentioned that there was a risk that a hack and leak operation could happen in October. So to be specific, what we mentioned was that there was the general risk of hack and leak operations, especially before the election. However, we were not aware of any hack and leak operations that were forthcoming. Right. Nothing's there. Nothing specific. But Mark Zuckerberg says they got awfully specific with him. The background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us, some, some folks on our team. It was like, hey, um, just so you know, like you should be on high alert. There was the, we, we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of, of um, 
that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. Just kind of thought, hey, look, if, if the FBI, which you know, I still view as a legitimate institution in this country, it's like very professional law enforcement. They come to us and tell us that we need to be on guard about something Then I want to take that seriously. Did they specifically say you need to be on guard about that story? I, I, no, I, I don't remember if it was that specifically, but it was it basically fit the pattern. Uh, no, maybe uh, mm, they were all on the same page. And a lot of things can be communicated with a wink and a nod in life, right? Anyway, um, this gave Joe Biden all the cover he needed because the FBI, all of the intelligence community, they actually backed him up. And when Joe said what he's about to say, he knows the laptop is legit, but he's actually more or less accurately characterizing what everybody's saying about it in the swamp. There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. They have said that this is has all the care Four, five former heads of the CIA. Both parties say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Nobody believes it except the, his and his good friend Rudy Gianni. You mean the laptop is now another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax? And that's exactly it. what. Is this where you exactly go? what this is going. where he's going. The laptop right. is Russia, yes. Russia, Gentlemen, Russia. I want to stay on the issue of race. See how confident Joe Biden is? Now, he knows the laptop is Hunter's, okay? If Hunter was honest with him, we all know it's Hunter's now. But he's right. Joe Biden is right. That's what the entire intelligence community was saying. And those 50 guys who came up with that phony letter gave him all the cover he needed. And we should review those guys from time to time, all right? The laptop liars, we'll call them. Leon Panetta, laptop liar, gave Joe Biden cover. Said it was from... Russia disinformation. Next on our list, Michael Hayden, former CIA director, a laptop liar. Next, who is there? James Clapper. Oh, boy. Yeah. Laptop liar indeed. And John Brennan, former CIA director, laptop liar. So a real victim in this, uh, well, Donald Trump, of course, and Rudy Giuliani. They've tried to take everything from him. He'll be with us in just a little bit. Joining me a little bit later. He's a victim. We're all victims. And you know what? the credibility and reputation of the FBI, which I'm going to start calling the DNC. Yeah, it's an arm of the Democrat National Committee. Sorry, but it's true. And we'll be right back. Hey, Republicans are going to be in charge of the House of Representatives in just a couple of weeks. And that means Jim Jordan is going to chair the Judiciary Committee. He was born for that role. And we'll get some answers into some very vital issues like Biden family corruption. Yes, it's a legitimate area of inquiry. He'll have his wingman, Matt Gates, working alongside him. This guy is also awesome when it comes to committee work. Congressman Comer. Uh, will be orchestrating a lot of the investigations himself. And these investigations are important. It's a role for Congress. But the left, ooh, they're talking in very ugly ways about what they're going to do. You know who David Brock is? He was liberal, then he was conservative, now he's a liberal again. And he's threatening to go after members of Congress in a very personal way. Mark Levin, the great one, thinks uh, some of what David Brock might be up to is um, against the law like intimidating members of Congress. Anyway, this is what uh, Jim Jordan and the rest may be up against. At the end of the day, part of the story is, is kind of a sick politics 
of demonizing addiction and, mm-hmm. and mental health issues and that, that are in, in many, many families. Uh, we know that the laptop shows that President Biden was an empathetic father trying to help his son. We don't need a congressional investigation for that, Jonathan. But- uh, it's about much more than that. And you know what? A lot of us don't think that he was very good to Hunter, even regarding the addiction. Do you really make your addicted son the point man? Send him all over the world to meet with all kinds of people to bring you, perhaps, a lot of money, 10% for the big guy? Uh, But this is the part where he, David Brock, might be in some legal jeopardy if he really makes good on this. This is an offensive posture that we're taking here. Um, Now, we're calling it facts first, but we all know... And, and we're going to have to cross every T and dot every I and always have our facts in line. But we know that in this environment, facts don't always triumph. So there need to be counter narratives. We're going to expose some of the Republicans on the committee. Sure we are. Yeah, that's where that's where it gets very strange. Uh, he's going to the word in Washington, try to dig up dirt on members of Congress, on Republicans. Now, these guys have already been vetted. <laughs> they stood for election and they won. Uh Mark Levin thinks this might be against the law, and I'd go with the great one on that. Um, How about that fabulous person? You know, you don't pick somebody because they're fabulous for a very sensitive job, and I mean fabulous sarcastically. Samuel Otis Brinton was the Deputy Assistant Secretary of the Office of Spent Fuel and Waste Disposition at the Department of uh, Energy, fired because, well, he was stealing luggage at the airport. Pretty crazy stuff, but here's, I think, the big takeaway. Just because you're, I don't know, you live an unconventional lifestyle doesn't mean you're a better person than anyone else. And actually, when it comes to serving others, like in government, if you're too much of an individual, I think it could have a negative impact on your job. If you're too much about, I'm fabulous, look at me. I don't think government service is for you. And that's the way the government is these days, actually. Individuals? You see who the CIA is uh, recruiting? Nothing about me was or is tragic. I am perfectly made. I can wax eloquent on complex legal issues in English while also belting Guayaquil de mis amores in Spanish. I can change a diaper with one hand and console a crying toddler with the other. I'm a woman of color. I am a mom. I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. Wow. Uh, I would say you're not qualified to work at the Central Intelligence Agency. I'm sorry, but that actually makes her qualified to work at the CIA. All that stuff. Um, You know, it's all about branding and image. What about competence? Shouldn't it be about competence? And speaking about competence, Ben Carson, Secretary Ben Carson, brain surgeon, He's just an amazing guy, his life story, and he knows how to operate on the human brain. Well, they had a school named for him in Michigan. Did you hear about this? Uh, The Ben Carson School. It was a high school. And why not name a school for Benjamin Carson? He's an amazing success story, especially in neighborhoods where perhaps there aren't as many success stories as there could be. And they changed the name of the school, the... uh What? The Jiminy Cricket School? I can't tell. Anyway, uh, this is why they did it. Yes, because of uh, the Trump Association. The administrator there says, I received so many requests from community members about Ben Carson's name based on my 
on many of the disparaging remarks he made from the administration that he clings to. What disparaging remarks? I don't know. Ben Carson is an American hero, brain surgeon. How impressive is that? And oh, by the way, he was one of, I think, three black brain surgeons in the world at one point. An amazing guy with an amazing past. You know, at one point, it didn't look like Ben was going to uh, be a good guy. He was quite violent for a time as a child, but then something rather beautiful happened. And I said, there's no way I'm going to realize my dream of becoming a doctor with this kind of temper. I said, Lord, you got to take it away from me. I can't do it myself. And there was a Bible in the bathroom, and I picked it up, opened it to the book of Proverbs, and there were all these verses about anger, like Proverbs 19:19 that says, there's no point getting an angry man out of trouble because he's just going to get right back into it. But there were encouraging verses like Proverbs 16:32, mightier is the man who can control his temper than the man who can conquer a city. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Ask him, and he'll help. He did. Thank you, Dr. Carson. One more. I stopped listening to all the people around, the naysayers who said you couldn't make it in this society because society is racist and it's stacked against you. Let me tell you a secret. The thing, the people who you have to worry about are the ones who try to tell you that you're a victim and that you can't make it in a society and that somebody else is holding you down. Remember, we are made in the image of God. God has given us everything we need to succeed, no matter where you are. Wow. What an amazing message, especially for a place like Detroit, Michigan. It's too bad. They're so close-minded and ignorant and stubborn. Thank you, Dr. Carson, and we'll be right back. You know, a lot of people think the FBI needs to be dismantled, rebranded, start from scratch. I am one of those people. And uh, here's a suggestion. I mean, they're already there already. How about DNC, Democrat National Committee West? Yes, they have acted in such overt and covert ways to hurt Trump and help Joe Biden. Uh, our next guest wrote a fascinating piece. It's called Twitter Files Overshadowed the Bigger Scandal. FBI lied to tech giants to interfere in the election by the great Margot Cleveland. Big fan, Margot. Welcome to Newsmax. Uh, great to see you, the conservative journalist and attorney, of course. Welcome. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. You bet. So do me a favor. Uh, I kind of the way I read this, uh, they were colluding. I thought they were more colluding. But you say FBI lying, lying, deceiving big tech. Please tell us. Absolutely. So the whole reason that Twitter and Facebook censored the Joe Biden story is, or the Hunter Biden story, which implicates Joe Biden, is that the FBI gave him a warning that with Facebook, it was there's about to drop this story. And it's Russian disinformation. With Twitter, it was there's going to be this hack and release. And we've heard rumors it's about Hunter Biden. They knew the laptop was real. They had the laptop since December of 2019. The whole reason Twitter and Facebook censored the story is because of what the FBI told them. Both Facebook and Twitter stated that. 
Facebook stated it when there was an interview with Joe Rogan. He said, hey, you got to know the backdrop why we censored this. The FBI came to us. They said it was about to drop. So when this laptop story dropped, we censored it. And what did Twitter do? They did a letter to the FEC where they went through the details and said the same thing. They said, look, this is what the FBI told us. They even told us it was rumored to be Hunter Biden. And that was one of the reasons that we pulled the material from our computer based on the hack or based on the hack is why we blocked it from Twitter. The FBI told them exactly what to do, and the FBI knew that the Facebook was real, and it was spectacularly damaging to Joe Biden and his campaign. Understand all of that, and it comports with my own uh, impression and, and, um, and commentary. But let me ask you this. I have a feeling that big tech... They maybe they wanted to be lied to or they knew they were being lied to. And there was kind of a, a wink and a nod aspect to all this because they were extremely receptive. And you mentioned the Joe Rogan interview. Just there's a body language thing going on here. And uh, we'll take a look. I have the clip all set up. Sure. The background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us, uh, some, some folks on our team. It was like, hey. Um, just so you know, like you should be on high alert. There was the, we we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of of um, uh, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. Just kind of thought, hey, look, if, if the FBI, which you know, I still view as a legitimate institution in this country, it's like very professional law enforcement. They come to us and tell us that we need to be on guard about something that I want to take that seriously. Did they specifically say you need to be on guard about that story? I, I, no, I, I don't remember if it was that specifically, but it was it basically fit the pattern. All right. So here's what I want to run by you. I mean, they, they're hanging around the FBI. They know each other. They can they speak the same language. I don't know if you've seen this Elvis Chan guy, but he's been working in San Francisco. He knows all these people. Uh, I just feel like they're very much on the same page. And Facebook and Twitter don't need much convincing at all. And they kind of understand what's going on. So I think that they believe the FBI when they said that there's going to be this drop. It's Russian disinformation. But if they knew it wasn't true, I doubt they would have changed it. So I, I'm kind of halfway with you there. I think that they wanted a reason to censor just like they wanted a reason to kick Donald Trump off of Twitter. So I don't think it would have taken much convincing. But I think he does. He does think this is the FBI and these are the good guys. They're not going to come and deceive us. But they lied about it. They knew the laptop wasn't Russian disinformation. And that's the thing that's kind of getting me in this whole, the Twitter files. Yes, this is bad. Yes, there's this back and forth going on. But this is one step further. Our FBI lied to get a story censored. And to me, that's like huge. And it just seems like it's not getting the traction because they're looking at it like, well, Twitter is censoring it. They're talking, but they lied. That's really what it comes down to. I know. And uh, it looks like they're getting away with it and no one's really talking about it. And I find that. Oh, and oh, by the way, it looks like they surveilled Rudy Giuliani. And that may have helped them make it may have made them aware of uh, Rudy's plans or his efforts to get the laptop out there in the run-up to the election, because they were already surveilling him. We have that from the New York Post, and we have that from Rudy himself. So 
Margo Cleveland, we so appreciate you. Uh, thank you very much at The Federalist. And uh, please uh, check out everything she does at Prof, P-R-O-F, Professor Abbreviated, MJ Cleveland. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. And we'll be back with Rudy Giuliani. It's our America. We built it. Courage. Freedom. Millions go to Newsmax when they need to know. Start today on the free Newsmax app. Newsmax is real news for real people. Uh, does that person look familiar? Maybe not. It's Carter Page. He was a foreign policy aide on the 2016 Trump campaign. You may remember that he was under FBI surveillance. Uh, they lied on the warrant. They did all kinds of trickery. And uh, the FBI got caught. This guy was the key, they thought, we believe, to uh, getting intel on the Trump campaign. Fast forward to the 2020 campaign. You know who it looks like the FBI had under surveillance? Rudy Giuliani, who was the lawyer for Donald Trump. And therefore, did he have Donald Trump under surveillance? Did they have Donald Trump under surveillance as well? And this may be how the FBI found out that uh, that laptop was about to drop in the media. Rudy Giuliani, I can't believe this happened to you. Welcome back, America's <laughs> mayor. It's totally bizarre. Um, but do me a favor. Tell us, tell us, first of all, how you know about the surveillance that started much earlier than even you thought. Well, well the first I heard about it is how nowadays you hear of anything about the FBI. It was leaked to the New York Times. So the New York Times had several articles that I, along with Different, differing groups of people were being surveilled by the FBI, that they had gotten our iClouds, that they had gotten our phone registers, that they had gotten other documents, our bank accounts. Uh, that appeared for about six months in different left-wing rags. Uh, then, when they served the search warrant of my home and law office on me, it contained a reference to an earlier search warrant that went back to uh, it went back in 2018. I believe it was April, May 2018. Now, I began representing him officially in March, April 2018. So the, 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 the search warrant for my iCloud, to take everything conceivable on my iPhone, my iPad, uh, I have a number of my a Mac computer, uh, was served just at about the time they would have learned I was representing him. So there's no doubt they wanted to spy on my representation. I mean, before they didn't take anything before that. And soon after my representation was over, they stopped. Hey, so, by the way, I isn't mean, that isn't that illegal? I mean, it's one thing to get a warrant, but to monitor attorney client uh, conversations. I don't think there's any. Is there any constitutional way to do that? Well, I mean, it would have to be very, very serious probable cause uh, for, uh, if you'd like to ask me in my years as a prosecutor, which were 18, did I ever do it? No. Did I ever authorize it as a third-ranking official in the Justice Department? No. Did I ever do it as a U.S. attorney, including to the mafia and to terrorists? No. Uh, the Sixth Amendment is sacred. It's your right to confer with your counsel. Uh, now, there is a way to do it if there's an ongoing crime, but here's why that seems strange. If they had an ongoing crime back in 19 or back back in 2018, what the heck happened to it now when they said there was no probable cause to believe I committed a crime? 
or that it disappears to thin air. It's quite impossible to at one time have probable cause to believe I committed a crime and then not have it anymore. Right. So they know they know that you were talking to reporters uh, looking to perhaps get some publicity and attention for the laptop, which, by the way, is totally legal, totally legitimate 100%. political activity. Uh, but they're trying to demonize you. But you believe that the FBI was clued into that based on their their surveillance from that warrant that goes all the way back to 2018. They saw you reaching out to reporters and they let their team know you got to tell Big well, Tech think, to stay I away from this. I mean, of course, I don't know for sure, but it's very circumstantial, very suspect. Also, um, I believe John Solomon was also being uh, surveilled at the very same time. And he's one of the people that I communicated with about it, as well as Miranda Devine. So, uh, and as well as my uh, attorney, uh, Bob Costello. So, yes, they could have picked that up. They could have picked up my conversations about it and my advice that I was seeking uh, uh, fr from them. It would not have been too, too hard to do that. Hey, you know, it's kind of almost divine, this laptop turning up the way it did. I mean, Hunter goes to some strip mall in Wilmington, Delaware, with a broken, water-damaged computer. John Isaac is the guy, very sensitive, thoughtful guy who, you know, is, it, he has a sense that something isn't right, and he searches for the word Burisma. He does the right thing. First, he reaches out to the FBI. You guys should have this thing. And I don't think 100%. everybody understands that. Before he reached out to you, uh, Mr. Mayor, he reached out to the FBI and back turned it over to him, them, correct? Yeah, I was his last resort. He says I was the last one he could trust. He had given it, he had given it to the FBI twice. And both times they told him they were going to do something with it. And like they lied to me several times with evidence I gave them and did nothing with it, they just ignored him. Like they ignored Tony Bobulinski. They interviewed him said they'd get back to him. They haven't gotten back to him up until now. Can I ask Even you this? Uh, there's a pattern here. What is their motivation? Why, why is it? I mean, their deeper motivation, I don't know, Greg. They're certainly engaged in covering up for uh, the president. The, the, the target of this investigation, make no mistake about it, is Joe Biden. It always has been. Yeah. Any professional law enforcement person would tell you that reading this voluminous material. So they are covering up for Senator Biden, for Vice President Biden, and now for President Biden. Uh, and that is a very serious federal crime. Mr. Mayor, we so appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> you're amazing. And uh, you're a happy warrior. And I think things Not are going to get... What else are you going to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> Got to fight for your country as you've done so nobly and so bravely, Greg. Thank you, sir, very, very much. And we'll be right back. The fake news just doesn't get it, do they? Fake news really giving the fake news a hard time. Have you heard about this GMA3 scandal? T.J. Holmes and Amy Rohrbach, uh, married to other people, reportedly have been, uh, well, having an affair with each other. They co-host GMA3. Now, personally, I don't think this is important, uh, really, and it does not merit national attention, which it just has already received. Now, of course, I'm talking about it, but I'm talking about it with a purpose. I'll get to that in a moment. You know, they sent a, a surveillance team to watch these folks up in the country, taking pictures of them. 
quite frankly, they're not, I don't know. I think this is between them, their spouses, and God uh, to bring everybody else involved. I don't think the headlines are all over the place. I mean, just crazy headlines everywhere, okay? Uh, Now, they're making this into a scandal, and I guess it is a scandal, and it's not good, although, quite frankly, I haven't seen anything. Nobody really has, okay? Um, And look at this headline. I mean, they're in trouble. Uh, T.J. Holmes and Amy Rohrbach are under ABC review for possibly violating company policies. Okay. But what about Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski? Now, they met at work. They were both uh, married to other people. Um, And it all started with that on-air chemistry and a lot of flirtation about a dozen or so years ago. Let's go to the polls, shall we? No, not yet. We're going to do the news first. Uh, But it takes a lot. You know, I'm just a believer in diversity. Okay, you are. We're going to talk about this because the Upper West Side is real American just as much as. Sure, it is. All right. They were, uh, they had a relationship, and everybody in the world seemed to know it. They were married to other people, yet it was somehow seen as cute. And when they ultimately left their partners and decided to actually get married, it was uh, celebrated all over the place. Joe and Mika are off today and this week. Why, you ask? They had a very busy weekend. Joe and Mika got married. It was a small, yeah, give them a round of applause. The MSNBC host tied the knot. Congratulations. Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski have finally made it official. That was very American, though, in front of the Constitution. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Congratulations to them. Congratulations to them. Uh, But it did... Why is that so cute, right? Joe and Mika, so cute, so nice, beautiful. Yet they're treating T.J. Holmes and Amy Rohrbach like war criminals. I mean, oh my gosh, they are... They are the worst people who ever lived. They met at work and something happened. I know it's not right. It's human. And again, I think it's between their spouses and God. And I wish everybody all the best. But there's a great big double standard. Maybe it was me too. Maybe Joe and Mika were okay because it was all pre-me too. I don't know. But whatever. I'll be right back. Real conflict. Real threats. Real heart. Now, there's a place America gets its news. No agenda. Just the facts. Newsmax. Real news for real people. FBI also just needs to get over itself. They've got a a complex. They think they're better uh, than other agencies. And their agents, some of them, I'm sorry, think they're better than us. That Elvis Chan guy. Uh, who was liaising with all the big tech uh, companies. Listen to him when it comes to his own and the FBI's integrity. The other thing that I really notice is the the integrity of the people that that I work with, right? So in private sector, you know, like people are for you know, the most part trustworthy. But I know that if I like left my wallet with, you know, $100 sitting on my my table, no one in the bureau would ever touch it. You would never even think about anyone stealing your stuff or lying about you or, or doing any of that. And And I can't always say that about the private sector. What does he know about the private sector? People are people, all right? And by the way, there are former FBI agents in prison for killing people. I'll see you tomorrow. Many thanks.